You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. so excited to share this interview with you today of one of my favorite jewelry designers, Taylor of Hazen & Co. Taylor creates beautiful classic pieces of jewelry that once you buy one piece, you're not going to be able to stop your collection there. What's so impressive, though, is that she started her business at just the age of nine, even going to America's Mart as a kid. She stuck with her passion of jewelry designing all these years later, and not only can you find her pieces in boutiques across the country, but she also has her own flagship store. Learn about her growth and journey in today's episode. All right. So why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and what you do? Yes, I am Taylor Turner. I started and run Hazen & Co., which is a jewelry company based out of Dallas, Texas. I'm originally from Houston, but having gone to SMU, ended up in Dallas, where our Hazen & Co. office is based now. I love that. And your Hazen & Co. store and office is so beautiful. I was so lucky that last time I was in Dallas for work, I stopped by and I just like, I want to move right in. <laughs> so sweet. It does feel homey, which I love. It's yeah. Awesome. And it's just like your lifestyle, I feel like. Um, it really captures that. Well, thank you. I try. I want it to be a happy place for all of us to come in every day. And it's light and airy and lots of natural light, which is mm-hmm. a game changer. Definitely. So unlike a lot of entrepreneurs and designers, you actually started your business at a pretty young age. Um, so can you talk a little bit about when you started designing jewelry and kind of what was the driving force behind that and you know your creativity and entrepreneurial spirit of where that came from? Well, so it kind of came as a surprise, I would say, but um, <laughs> I started making jewelry when I was nine and that was just a very organic activity like a lot of young girls do and beading and putting together necklaces and bracelets. And so I, my mom had this big bin of my great grandmother's costume jewelry in the bottom of her closet. And I Mm -hmm. took pieces out and some of them were broken. And so I started beading the, the beads from these necklaces on dental floss and then would beg my mom to wear these pieces out and about in town. And she very kindly did, I guess they looked (laughs) okay. And, um, she would get compliments on them. And so she signed me up for a jewelry class at school, which was super low key. A couple of the teachers did it as a hobby. And so they taught the story class after school. And I took the class, learned the very basic techniques behind making jewelry, and then took about a hundred dollars of money I'd saved from Christmases and birthdays and bought semi-precious stones um, and turned those stones into pieces that I then sold to the parents at my brother's baseball games. I had this big shoe box that I wrote Taylor's bead box on. And I took that box of finished product to baseball games. It was all one of a kind. And I would sell it to the moms there. And I would say it's interesting because that target demographic really hasn't changed throughout the history of Hazen. So mm-hmm. the same moms that I was selling to then, the same moms that I'm selling to today. Um, oh my gosh. I love that. First of all, I think it's awesome that your school had – you know, those teachers that were teaching this jewelry class. I think that's awesome um, that you had that resource. And especially that your mom, you know, kind of um, helped you with this and sought that class out and wore your pieces so young. I think that's amazing. 
So when did you realize that, you know, this was more than just a hobby for a little kid? Like, when did you start realizing this could be a business and um, growing it in that sense? Yes. So I think the hobby, my parents always thought this was probably just going to be a hobby. And then Mm -hmm. I, maybe just the way that I'm wired, um, pretty quickly saw when we would do events, I would do these little pop-ups And I remember the first one, my mom worked it for me. It was at a friend's home. And I called her from the landline in my fourth grade class. And I said, Mom, how did it go? And she was like, Taylor, you sold $3,000 worth of jewelry. And I remember, I think I was nine at the time, $3,000. That's crazy. So um, pretty quickly, I started to see just how a business worked. And you spent X amount and got X amount in return. And um, it really enjoyed seeing that side of it and kind of, would sit down with my parents and say, okay, mom and dad, I don't think I want to go to summer camp this year because that's two weeks of my time that I could spend making jewelry and I can make this amount in profit and that window of time. And um, so it was just a gradual, gradual process of me choosing one thing over the other. Um, But I really enjoyed making jewelry. It was a great creative outlet. I think, um, I'm kind of, I love to be at home. And so I got to sit on my bedroom floor, which was just covered with beads and put together pieces. And um, I love that. So were your parents entrepreneurs or are they in the business world or was this kind of just out of left field that you had this knack for it? You know, I think neither of my parents are entrepreneurs, but um, both very savvy and my grandmother, both my grandmothers are very creative. And so I think a lot of it probably came kind of just down the line and um, they were more than anything just incredibly supportive of um, me doing something that I really enjoyed and loved and whether that was a hobby or down the road as a career and they were always there to be cheerleaders and I just have one younger brother and so it worked out that my mom could oftentimes go do jewelry things with me and my dad and my brother could go play baseball so (laughs) it was great. That's amazing. So you were selling your jewelry then at these trunk shows and to moms at your brother's baseball games. Then how did you expand? Like, did you create a website next? Did you go to trade shows? Did you just go to stores and try to get your jewelry in there? Like, what was the next step to kind of make it even bigger? Yeah. So this was 2002. So it was really pre-website um, oh when that was really a thing even. And so I started selling just through um, a friend of a friend had a store in Oxford, Mississippi called Oxford Floral and started selling my pieces there. did my first trunk show when I was 10 there. Um, and then that led to a connection at Atlanta Market. And I started selling at Atlanta Market when I was 12 years old in the J. Douglas showroom. And Doug Self is a a wonderful businessman and creative and um, was very supportive along this journey. And so he had me in his showroom for over 10 years where I would go twice a year and sell pieces. And that was during middle school, high school years um, and a little bit of college. I think that's where I really started to see the evolution of what this business could be and just selling to accounts and no longer just having one of a kind pieces, but rather pieces that you could duplicate. And I started working with a production team. And so it was a, a, a slow growth model for sure. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of that was just due in part to my being a full-time student. And I really had no thought of doing this full-time until I got to college and um, pursued a couple other things and then really decided that 
this was something I wanted to try to do full time after graduation. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, to go to Atlanta Market when you're 12, like, I don't think I even knew what that was. I've always been interested (laughs) in fashion. But like, at 12, I think I I don't even know what I was doing at that point in my life. So that, I mean, says so much about you. I think that's outstanding. That's so cool. Um, So you mentioned that, you know, you went to SMU, right? Yes. Okay, so you went to SMU, and you kind of dabbled in some other ideas for what you wanted to do. Can you talk a little bit about that and then why you ended up back at jewelry? Absolutely. So um, I really think I just thought of jewelry as an outlet, Mm -hmm. a creative outlet in a lot of ways. And so I came to SMU with this big plan of, I want to go into the events industry and the weddings and all these things um, and had some awesome experiences kind of doing the the grunt work there, if you will. Mm -hmm. I had a job and, um, Loved learning about all these different things in this industry, but then at the end of the day, would be sitting in my classes, listening to, I was a marketing major, and so we have lots of marketing strategies and business development and all these ideas. I'm like, I'm already doing this, and I'm not having to do it for someone else, and I'm not um, just having to wait for someone to tell me what to do next. I really get to be the leader of, you know, I see an opportunity here. I want to seize that opportunity and make something happen. And so I think second semester of freshman year, um, with a little experience under my belt, I felt I really felt as though I was being called to to pursue jewelry full time afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, so decided that I would do whatever it took to make that happen. And um, at that point, I really just started making decisions based on things. You know, I had to. I did. I wasn't a part of a sorority, and in, in turn, really spent all of my time. Um, working when I wasn't in class. And so it was a give and take relationship for sure. You can't do it all. Um, But kind of fix my schedule so that I worked through the summers doing summer school and I could graduate early and just hit the ground running with Hazen. Um, So I ended up graduating in December of 2014. Okay. And then, so at this point, did you have a website or what was the plan then, you know, after you graduated to like commit 100% to the business? So I would say in college, um, I did my first website in, it was my junior year of high school, I think. And um, we didn't sell online at that point, largely because a lot of brick and mortar stores were not okay with carrying lines Mm -hmm. that were sold online. Um, And so my relationship was so strong with those people that I wanted to honor that. And um, so we did a second iteration of the website right after I graduated from college. And um, we did direct to consumer there just because that's really the way that the world was going. And at that point, I think all retailers realized that all all vendors were going to be selling online in some capacity. And it um, wasn't intended to damper any relationships. It was just kind of the way of the world. And so um, upon graduating, I basically was gone. I think it ended up being gone 40 weeks out of the year. And I just visited all of our accounts that we had across the country. And, um, I'd have some friends that went with me or I would, my parents would meet me somewhere. And I just had my bag of product and would do trunk shows after trunk shows and get in front of the consumer and get their feedback and um, learn what they wanted to do and figure out how I could do things better. And, um, so I would say, at that point, our main business um, was with 
these retailers mm-hmm. who are wonderful, incredible independent businesses. And I think I learned so much from them along the way of, you know, this is how, this is how you do business. This is how you respect people. This is how you um, grow your portfolio, if you will. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, it sounded like you were hustling in college. You had a lot, a lot to do. That's amazing. Um, And I think, you know, I relate to that a lot too, because in college I double majored and I had like five internships and I was working two jobs um, because I wanted to start my business, you know, at a relatively young age as well, not as young as you. But I think that's important. Um, You know, I think any dream is possible. You just have to put in the work for it and the time. And I think that's something that um, you and I can both relate to. And there are sacrifices too. you know, like you mentioned, you weren't necessarily in a sorority and neither was I because I I didn't have the time to commit to that because I was so focused on trying, um, you know, to to start this business. And it sounds like you were as well. Right. And I think it's just really coming to terms with, okay, these are my priorities. Yeah. Um, At least for the season and I'm okay for going these other things. Yes. Like the there are going to be times when I feel like I'm missing out or maybe question my decision. But at the end of the day, if I know where I stand on, um, you know, what my goals are, what my values are and um, what my priorities are, then it makes those decisions a lot easier. Definitely. And I loved learning the fact that you were actually interested in doing some wedding planning and things in that field, because it makes total sense. Cause I know you just got married a little bit ago and your wedding was stunning. So now I'm like, okay, I can see that now. <laughs> I have been planning it for a long time. Did not know who I'd be marrying, but I definitely had the party <laughs> elements planned. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, you've built this business for years then, started so young. So you've really kind of figured out who the Hazen girl is, I'm sure. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Like who your customer is um, and kind of why they love your designs? Yes. Um, so it's been fun to watch that evolve, but kind of to my point earlier, it stayed the same in a lot of regards and so I love our product line because it spans such a wide age range and I have my friends wearing it and we have some people even younger than us wearing it but then I also have my grandmother wearing it and um, I think in that vein it's just classic timeless beautiful pieces of jewelry and that are feminine accessories and I think that the Hazen girl is someone who really appreciates the detail um, and enjoys mm-hmm. beautiful things and wants to say, wants to stay relevant, but always classic. Yeah. No, I think your pieces are, you know, they're timeless and they're so well made. Um, and I can get that. I kind of see how they're inspired by your grandmother's jewels that you said your mom used to have in her closet because they're so classic and they kind of have that little bit of classic vintage flair to them. Thank you. That's what I'm going for. So I'm glad to hear that's what's coming across. Definitely. So what's been some of your greatest challenges with business, would you say? Great question. Um, I think growing in a business, you are um, just pushed to grow beyond yourself and your comfort zone. And I mm-hmm. think I've experienced that a lot just in um how I relate to people. I'm very, I'm a naturally reserved, um, quiet person. And so being in retail, that's always something that is, I'm, I'm pushing against. Um, and uh-huh. I'm grateful for that because I think that, um, that's a good asset to have. And I think we all should be pushed outside of our comfort zone. So I think regarding challenges, um, it's really that I feel as though it's that inner, um, daily battle of like, okay, I, I want to just be the creative that sits in my office and designs jewelry, but 
as a leader of a company, I'm called to um, do X, Y, and Z that are outside of my comfort zone, but I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. And so, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I think it's kind of, it's interacting with our employees, with our customers, um, being a good leader, just learning how to be a good leader is something yeah. that is a constant um, refining process. And I by no means have mastered it, but I think turning to other business owners who have done it before and have advice is huge. And um, I, I don't know, just growing a business every day is different. The challenges are different every day. And, mm-hmm. um, but I'm grateful for those challenges because I think that Certainly. Important things is just for us to be refined and continue growing and learn that our limits are so much greater than we ever thought they were. Mm -hmm. I mean, I agree with you on the leadership aspect. I think that's always a challenge. And even though there are, you know, some leadership courses, I don't think you can really learn it in a classroom. It's something you have to experience and learn from others who are in that position versus like reading in a textbook or, you know, doing X, Y, and Z um, sort of course. And that's something that's definitely been a challenge for me as well, because I don't want to be, you know, too mean, or I don't want to seem unfriendly. So I think I have a hard time balancing, you know, being stern and getting things done, but also um, being approachable and nice. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and I think too, that, you know, every employee is, has a different personality, has a different background. We all have different stories and um, there's really no cookie cutter model for how to approach that. And I also don't know that, I mean, I think that the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is you can do it differently. And so the sky's the limit with how great something could be. And um, maybe you're taking a different approach, but it's going to prove to be far more successful than any other approach that has been done before that you could have taken. And so I think that to your point, um, it's really just a continual process of seeking out wisdom and being in tune and paying attention to um, what's going on around you, which in a lot of ways can be really exhausting at times, especially <laughs> when you just um, are more of an introvert. So mm-hmm. it's a balance in that regard. But I do think, um, to your point, just leadership is a, a constant refining and um, growing realm that yep. people want to be a part of because not everybody gets to do that. Yes, exactly. So on the flip side of that last question, then what are some moments that you're really proud of or, you know, like kind of pinch me moments? Yeah. Um, so we opened our flagship location in, let's see, we opened it the week I was getting married, which in retrospect was crazy. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. March, 2019. And so um, I think that was just really surreal to be and this beautiful place that we had, we really almost like gutted this building that we're in. Um, and to have all my favorite people there to just, who had been a part of the story since I was nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to also have these employees that were there who loved Hazen and were content as employees. And um, I think that is, that was definitely one of those, those moments where I was like, wow, I can't believe this is, this is happening, but I'm so grateful and totally undeserving of this, but um, just deeply grateful for the opportunity to do what I'm doing. And I think on a daily basis, when I feel as though my employees are um, really just enjoying their work and finding it rewarding, that's one of those, um, those are the daily, the, the little moments where I can just feel like I'm, I'm so grateful for this. And this is really cool that I get to be a part of this journey for so many other people too. 
That's, yeah, amazing. And like I said before, I was lucky enough um, to stop in your flagship and it's truly so beautiful. Like I need to go and visit Dallas again just so I can go and visit you guys. (laughs) It was one of my highlights. Well, guys, that makes me really happy to hear. (laughs) So then going off of that, what was, um, you know, the inspiration or the idea behind having a a storefront for people to come and see your designs then. Um, Obviously, I'm sure it's because you could house the office there too and kind of have everything in one roof. But were you getting a lot of requests to kind of see the whole line together? Because I'm sure, you know, stores carry your pieces, but they don't necessarily carry the full line. Totally. Great question. Um, And I think it's cool to consider just in business, in retail, we're hearing so many different models of, oh, brick and mortar is going away. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. still here. You know, then these online businesses are opening brick and mortar. And so it's interesting to have a toe kind of in all of it. Um, But we haven't dived in, dived into the entirety of it. So um, Mm -hmm. we opened the store just with the mindset of we wanted to have the one of a kinds out in a place that, um, our customers, our Dallas customers could come, could try on. Um, we definitely have a large Texas customer base and so wanted to be able to service them. And so that's been really cool um, to be able to interact with them and meet them and get their feedback. I think I still create a lot of a one, a lot, a lot of one of a kinds okay. that end up on the floor, just kind of as nature of the process of designing a piece. Mm-hmm. There's some samples that go into it before the final piece is designed so um that's been a great outlet it's been of course I don't I don't think we'd have a store if it wasn't connected to our office and we do all okay. of our fulfillment here and um so really we don't have plans to expand retail beyond our one flagship location and um, but we love our retailers that we work with and so I think the goal would be to continue just building our relationship with each of them in their cities where they're already so invested and have wonderful client bases. Definitely. So it's kind of like you're able to interact with your customers and kind of use them as a trial or guinea pigs for your designs that you're thinking of launching and stuff. It sounds like you get some interaction then directly with customers. Yeah. Okay. And do even, I'm sure probably when stores are in town for Dallas market, do they stop by your yes, flagship for meetings and stuff. Yeah. Which is fun. I think they can see how we merchandise it and um, the different things that we pair together. And one of the things I love about accessories is that they really are not seasonal in so many regards. Um, yeah. You can just always pair different colors with different colored clothing and have fun juxtapositions there. And so um, in the store, I feel like we have it, it's almost color blocked. And so mm-hmm. it's fun for them to see how they can pull different colors that they might've thought were just spring or summer um, into the fall and winter and all of those fun combinations. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's so smart. Um, so what advice, what's one piece of advice that you could give an aspiring entrepreneur or an existing entrepreneur? Um, I know we kind of dabbled into some pieces of advice, but if there was one piece of advice that like you wish you knew, what would it be? Great question. I'm sure that this answer will evolve over time, but Mm -hmm. I think just be prepared to hustle really hard, um, but know that that also builds character, which I think yeah. is great and so important. Um, I think, again, to the point of priorities, kind of know your priorities, know what you're willing to compromise on and what you're not. Um, and I think that will pr- provide a compass and act as a compass for a lot of times down the road where you're tired, you need to make quick decisions. Um, 
and you, but you feel like there's so much weight riding all the decisions when you Mm -hmm. have kind of this mental checklist of like, this comes before this every time, um, then, then that will inform your decisions. And so I think that investing in giving yourself the headspace and capacity from the get go to, um, to come up with those, those values and, um, to develop them and to really stand by, develop your reasons why you stand behind them is just so important. So that's a great piece of advice. So on the design side, where are you finding inspiration for, you know, new pieces, new collections? Where, what's something that you go to to find inspiration? So a lot of our collections now are being influenced largely by just what the consumer is asking for, uh, which has been super helpful from a design standpoint for me. But I think at the end of the day, I love vintage and antique. And um, I mean, it can go back, like you can look at Florentine designs from the 1800s and just Mm -hmm. finding ways to have some of those patterns and repeats echoed in today um, has been really fun. And I think that what people loved then is what people love now. And there's this, you know, warm feeling that comes from these things. They're like, Oh, this is familiar. I've seen this before, but I've never seen it a fresh spin on it like this. So, um, I love just looking through whether it's textiles, home decor, um, vintage jewelry or just fashion. I mean, we were on family vacation last week and we watched the movie giant, um, which has Elizabeth Taylor in it. And I just like left and I was like, I want to do a deep dive into Elizabeth Taylor's jewelry collection and her wardrobe because I mean, there's just, there's so much rich, beautiful design that's already existed. And so finding ways to have a fresh take on it is um, always a really cool thing. I love that. Like I said, that's kind of what I love about your jewelry is that um, it's almost like modern vintage, which I love, you know, those classic pieces and that style. So I've been collecting your pieces for years now. (laughs) So we kind of talked a little bit about um, weddings, but let's talk about your wedding collection. Um, And I know you've collaborated with some influencers such as Brighton Keller um, for some wedding pieces. So what was kind of the the thought and inspiration behind that. I mean, I guess it's because you love weddings and you, you know, you almost pursued this, but do you want to dabble into that a little with me? Absolutely. Um, I think weddings have become one of the most, our bridal collection is one of the most fun things to me personally. Um, and I think that's probably a combination of just what goes into a wedding and creating that vision and that consistency throughout the entirety of it. Um, and how we can incorporate that into the bridal jewelry or bridal accessories um, component as well. I think that's been really cool. So the wedding bridal collection for Hazen came into existence when I was engaged. And I think it's something I'd always wanted to do, but it's a little bit of a, a beast. and I didn't even know where to start. So I figured I would start with what I knew I wanted um, to be included in my wedding. And then we would use that as a launching point. So um, we have earrings, necklaces, and bracelets. We've done mother, the bride, bridal, flower girl, house party, Bridesmaids, I mean, it runs the gamut. Um, Mm -hmm. But we have launched with kind of a core collection and then are building upon it. And I've done a lot of custom for different weddings, which I actually love doing um, because I think that that's – we really don't do custom aside from bridal. But um, when brides have had a certain vision, I'm like, yes, let's bring it to life. It's This is – now is the chance to do that. So – 
that's inspired a lot of other pieces in the collection, which has been super helpful just from a design standpoint of knowing what brides are looking for and um, Mm -hmm. all of that. So bridal has been really fun. It's been, it was such a treat to work with Brighton on her bridesmaids earrings. I just think she ended up doing our poppy earring and um, it was perfect with her colors and the silver and the gold and the bridesmaids dresses. That was such a treat. No, it was gorgeous. Um, so do you think you'll you'll continue to evolve then your bridal collection and add to it each year? Absolutely, yes. I am working with a bride right now who wants, has like these really bold wedding colors and wants to tie them into the hair accessories oh. and jewelry. So I'm, I'm working on that now. Um, and I think some of those pieces will probably carry over into collections down the line. But um, there's so much potential with bridal. I'm also in the design process for some earrings for brides um, that are attainable but still feel really classic. I know um, a lot of brides want to wear something that feels heirloom or Mm -hmm. um, antique and vintage um, on their wedding day. And so I've been working on some really special pieces in that realm that I'm excited to um, launch, hopefully, uh, probably spring 2021. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'll definitely look forward to seeing that. Um, so who would be your dream customer? I always ask this to everyone. Like if there is a celebrity or a royal or maybe it's, you know, an icon that's no longer with us, like who would be your dream person to wear your designs? Oh my goodness. Um, there's I feel like there's so many different directions you can go with this. But um if Kate Middleton wanted to wear Hazen. Um, that would be a, like a perfect combo. I feel like you have the classic, but yep. still has an eye for the, the fun and lots of flair. Um, my guess is she would wear this more of like out in the park with the family with her riding boots on, but I think that would be a fun combination for sure. Definitely. I could see her in your designs for sure. <laughs> Thank you. That's goals for sure. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> So what's, I know this is probably going to be a hard question, but what's your favorite piece on your website right now that you think everyone should have or should go and check out right now? Yeah. So we just launched fall 2020, um, which I'm really excited about. We shot this campaign on a flower farm in Mississippi, and I think the colors just turned out beautiful and the lighting's really exquisite and it captures just the colors of the pieces. So all of the stones in this collection are totally natural. Um, they have some beautiful facets and we have some really cool, the azalea earrings have our carved stones. We have them in carnelian, tiger eye and onyx. And um, I would say our earrings this fall, I just love their statement pieces, but easy enough to wear daily. Um, so the flora and the azalea earrings are, they all have like a floral motif. So it was fitting to shoot on the flower farm, but um I would say our, our fall earrings are probably my favorite thing on the site right now. Definitely. I think I ordered both of those. You did. So, you did. <laughs> so I picked good ones. Yes. <laughs> so this is the Preppy Podcast, obviously. So I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? How would you describe it? Preppy? If I was to define Preppy, I would say it's classic, um, cheerful, and sophisticated. I think that's probably a something a def- definition that I've developed just having grown up in a, a pretty preppy area um mm-hmm. preppy people around who I admired and thought were so classic so um 
I think that's, that's yeah, that's a great answer. So what's one thing people might not know about you? Like a fun fact. Oh, um, my fun fact would be that I actually lived in New Jersey for a little bit. Really? Growing up. Yes, we did. And I actually, um, I'm so grateful for that little time. We basically summered in New Jersey. My dad, we were kind of in between jobs. And I think that that short window so informed my appreciation for the Northeast and um, the flowers you're able to grow in the Northeast that you definitely cannot grow in Texas. Um, So we were in Summit, New Jersey for a summer and it was pretty magical. I was also really young, so I don't know how it was for my parents, like (laughs) moving into a house and then moving out. But as a kid, it was, um, it was wonderful. That's so funny. I would have never guessed that. I know. That is a good, that's a good fun fact. So you have um, a great eye for style. I always love, you know, the pictures you post of your shoots or even just your style when you're going to events and things like that. So what are some of your other favorite brands to pair with your designs? There are so many good brands right now. It's just amazing. I'm like constantly overwhelmed (laughs) by the amount of creativity that is in the world, um, which yeah. is so cool. But, and I think there's so many small brands too that are popping up, which I love. Um, fun fact, I am a big like resale shopper. So oh. love most of my clothes come from consignment stores. Wow. Uh, I did not know that. You have yeah. a great eye then for finding it. Well, I just feel like I'm able to purchase pieces that are investment pieces when I do that. Mm-hmm. And um, some designers that I never would have thought attainable but they are such good quality and I also keep my clothes forever like still have almost my entire high school wardrobe Um, but I think my go-to's if I'm looking for something quickly I love Tori Birch's attention to detail Mm -hmm. um she does a phenomenal job um I just got my first Sue Sarder dress and I love it the fit is so good um that's really fun I just love seeing all these smaller brands that you know I have the opportunity to support Um, Hunter Bell is another one. I feel like everything she makes is just fits to a T. Yeah. So, so many good ones though. It's quite overwhelming. My husband probably just needs me to like hop off Instagram real fast. (laughs) I think all the guys do, right? Yes. So you also then um, have a great eye for interior design, I have to say. So what's like one thing that you love in your home, your favorite thing in your home? Oh, um, the home is such a special place just because it's, I was talking to Alex, my husband yesterday about this, of like, I just, you come home and you want it to be your oasis and, mm-hmm. um, your happy place. And, um, one thing that I love in my home is probably my art. I just, okay. there's not one particular piece of art, but I love the pieces that I've invested in. And I think art is something that you just you collect with time which makes it even more special and oftentimes yeah. it marks different chapters in life and um one of my dear friends is taylor fisher and i have a couple of her pieces um that just bring such joy and i feel like they also frame any little vignette and so you can look down the hallway and see your art and your little dimmy loom table and you're like okay that that is done that looks complete <laughs> um so I would say art, it just has the ability to change the room. Um, so many cool artists out there. I just bought a painting from Liza Pruitt, um, who has a collection of different artists on her site. And 
I'm actually looking at it right now. It's my office and I just oh. love it. Um, so yeah, I think that's another one of those things that's an investment piece, but you have it for a lifetime. So worth yeah. investing in, in good art. Definitely. Um, so if someone were to visit Dallas, what are some places you think that they should visit? Of course, besides your flagship, but anything else? Yes. Oh my gosh. Dallas is so fun. Um, if you're here during good weather, I would definitely go to the Arboretum. Such a fun place to just walk and stroll and you forget you're in Dallas. Um, and it's right, right by the lake, which is magical, which is, my husband grew up on the lake. Um, so it's really fun to go to that part of town. And then if you're looking for some great people watching, must go to Highland Park Village, um, mm-hmm. either for a cup of coffee or lunch at Bistro 31. Um, I will entertain you for days just <laughs> watching the people stroll by. Um, and then Amy Berry's store is magical too. Um, she opened the store about the same time we did in Dallas. And that's a great find. Um, Market is a really cool store in Highland Park Village. And then excellent consignment stores. So I would definitely hit those up. Okay. All good ones. Have to put them on my list, the ones I haven't been to. Yeah. So what's next for Hazen? Is there anything like sneak peeks you can share with us or what you're working on next? Yeah. Um, you know, I think from a business perspective, we're really working on just refining our business and being really efficient and doing the things that we do really well um, and serving our customers really well. So just on, on a daily basis and all that we do, we just long and strive to um, support the people that we work with, to love them well, and to um, do it with great kindness. So I think that's something that we work on on a daily basis. Um, we have holiday coming up soon. That's going to be a really fun collection that focuses on our classics. Um, and then we do have, fun fact, some of our classics in gold that are going to be launching in silver soon. So for all the oh. silver people in the world, um, we have heard your request that it is coming <laughs> very soon. So That's exciting. Lots to stay tuned for. Yes. Yay. So my final question is, um, where can people find you? Let everyone know your Instagram, your website, all of that good stuff. Thank you. Yes. Um, so our website is hazenandco.com. And then our Instagram is just at Hazen & Co. And we've separated bridal, so that's at Hazen & Co. Bridal. But um, would love for you all to reach out if there's ever anything we can do. Um, we're all ears. and just excited to meet each and every one. You might be Awesome. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you. Such a joy. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.